continue from Sunday on supernatural provision. Supernatural provision. And uh, Philippians 4.19, how many knows what that says? Philippians 4.19, if they didn't put nothing on the wall or nothing, you would just automatically know what that verse is. That, that ought to be one of your, uh, your uh, confession scriptures. That ought to be something you just know by heart. It's something that ought to just come out of your mouth, uh, uh, maybe on a daily basis, and and especially if you face anything in life in the in the realm of need, uh, you can say this right here, and it says, "But my God and my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus." Now, how many of your needs did He say He'd supply? How many? Isn't that amazing that He said He'd supply all your needs, all your needs. Everybody say, all my needs. And, uh, you know, we talked about Sunday because I read more scriptures along the ones prior to that, above that. And uh, when he was talking about uh, basically people that were giving into the gospel, the sowing of the uh, word. And so, uh, but anyway, I want to continue on that vein of supernatural uh, uh, Provision, and we talked about Sunday about how God provided for the Israelites when they came out of Egypt, and uh, He gave them bread and even quail, and gave them water out of a rock. and And the Bible says He took care of them for over the, for over forty years in the wilderness, and uh, fed them several meals a day. And there was probably two and a half to three million people that God took care of them. And then we read that about John G. Lake, how he went to Africa and all the people that along his pathway that literally God had stationed throughout uh, his trip to go to Africa to help him along the way, not knowing who he was, just went and some of them did and just went and uh, uh, gave him exactly the amount. What, what amazed me about the story is how nearly every time they gave him exactly what he needed at that moment. Exactly. Not them not knowing it. And so, you know, God knows exactly what you need. But my God is able. Ephesians 3.20, y'all know, y'all, anybody acquainted with that verse? But my God shall supply. No, that ain't what it says. But my God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think according to the power that's working in you. Honey, there's got to be something working in you. I said there's got to be something working in you. Third John verse 2 says this. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. God wants you to prosper in all things. In all things. But he said it's going to be in accordance to how your soul's prospering. I'm telling you, what you do in God matters. What you do matters in God. And so I want to look at some scriptures tonight in the Old Testament, and then if we have time, we'll get into the New Testament in, in, uh, also tonight. And uh, everybody knows this story, but I just couldn't get away from it when, when I was talking about provision and supernatural provision. And I want to read you the definition of supernatural, uh, which is the Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. It says, supernatural events... Our miracles can be produced only by the immediate agency of divine power. By divine power. Being beyond or exceeding the powers of law or our laws 
of nature. You know, in other words, supernatural is when man can't do it. We see in the Bible where there's no way man can do it. They couldn't do it. They couldn't produce this. But what they did caused God to produce them. You mean I can literally do something to get God to move in my life? Absolutely. You did something to get born again. Not everybody that comes into the world is born again. You had to do something to get that. You had to confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, and you'd be saved. Is that right? So you did something to get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's a lot of people says, well, I believe in God, and they're going straight to hell. Don't mean to be ugly about it, but that's just the truth. Jesus said you believe in God. What was the next part? That's in John 14, 1. So he said, you believe in God, believe also in me. And I'm telling you, there's things in the Bible for you to get them. Listen to me. For you to get them, you have to believe in them. Are you all right tonight? For you to get them, you're going to have to believe in them. And there's certain, the thing about it is the Word of God is full of do's. Y'all know that? D-O's. Do's. It's full of do's. And I'm telling you something. When you do what God says to do, God's obligated to do what He said He would do. And so in Exodus, not Exodus, but uh, 1 Kings, let's read this story right here. We're going we're to get some out, something out of this that's going to help us. In verse 1 of chapter 17 of 1 Kings, it said, And Elijah the Tishbite, not the Tickbite, the Tishbite, of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here, turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Did, did, can, we, can we all agree that Elijah got a word from God? Now, he spoke a word from God, said it's not going to rain. There's going to be no dew nor rain on the earth until I say so. And then after he said that and declared that, the next thing you know, God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the brook Cherith, and I want you to stay there, and I'm going to send ravens. We, I, I, I call them like uh, crows, you know, and I'll see what crows eat, so I'd have to know God sent them. And so, and so he said, I'm going to send them, and they're going to feed you, and then you're going to drink from the brook. And listen, here's what's so amazing in verse 5. What did it say in verse 5? What did he do? So you know what that tells us? He believed it. He actually believed that that was God telling him what to do for, to provide for him. You hearing what I'm saying? He believed God told him to go to the brook Cherith and the ravens was going to bring food and then he was going to drink from the brook. He believed God said that and he went and did it. You know where he went? He didn't go to some city somewhere. He went to the brook Cherith. Is that right? Why? Because he believed God. He believed God. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm making a point here and I want to drive this point home because God tells us what to do 
And sometimes if we're not doing it and we wonder why it's not happening, <laughs> because we may not be in, in, in doing what God gave us the instructions to do. You say, well, God never told me that. Have you ever read the Bible? It's full of do's. Everybody shout, the Bible's full of do's. And so he went, and uh, and so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Listen, listen to well, amazing verse six. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. You say, what's what? What are you talking about, Pastor? It's this. He went to where God told him to be, and God did what He said He was going to do. It's amazing. The bird, he can see them birds probably coming. He said, well, here comes my dinner. Here comes my dinner, and it ain't the bird. We'd eat the bird in Texas. We just take it along with it. But it's so unique how God supernaturally provided for Elijah. And you know, God has not lost his touch. He knows how to supernaturally provide for you. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, now here, here's what's so unique about it. The word just kept coming to him. Did you know the word of God will keep speaking to you? It'll keep speaking to you. I said, it'll just keep speaking to you. And so he come up, here it is, and listen, you said, well, he could have said, well, I'm comfortable right where I am. Why do you want to change it now? Well, there was no water. And he said, but here's what I want you to see, too, in this particular passage uh, uh, or this story. He says, see, I have a widow there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, when I read these stories, when I read these stories of this story and the other stories that I have read that I would minister not if I get to all of them, and there was a key element in every one of those stories that are the same. There was a key element, and the element was obedience. The element, the key, the key, and the, the success in every one of these stories that I'll read is in obedience and obeying God. And so he said, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. Well, he said, I provided ravens. They're going to bring food. So they brought, did they bring it? Did the ravens bring the food? He sure didn't have no reason to doubt God. I mean, he's done, done thus far what for, he's done, done thus far what he said he would do, right? I'm telling you, it's the same way in our lives sometimes when God meets our needs. He does supernatural things for us. And then if we're not careful, we'll think, well, I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow or the next day. Why? Well, did he not do what he said yesterday? Did he not do what he said a year ago? Did he not say? Well, listen, he's the same God. In fact, the Bible says he's the same what? Yesterday, today, and forever. Glory to God. Makes me feel like he's going to take care of me. How about you? So guess what he did, verse 10. So he arose, what he did. He did according to what God said. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, indeed, a widow, widow was there. Got to be her. There's probably more widows there. But he went to Zarephath, and there she was, the widow, the one that what? That God commanded to provide for him. Commanded, that's a pretty strong word commanded her 
to provide for him. So she already had instructions, right? This story is about two different people here. Actually, Elijah and a family. And so this is about two people, and all of a sudden Elijah gets there, did exactly what God told him to do, and here she was out gathering. Uh, uh, God had already told him. Now, here's the thing. I, I know I'm, I'm, my mind's going faster than my mouth, or my mouth's going faster than my mind. I'll take it back. And so basically what he said, he said, I have already set this thing up. It's a setup. There's a widow there. I've already talked to her. It wouldn't, is that what y'all would think it meant? When he said, I've commanded a widow to take care of you, it would make me think he's already communicated with her, already gave her instructions on what to do. So she was probably looking for him. Our only deal is we don't really know how long prior that God got, or how, how much time God talked, how much earlier God had talked to her prior to Elijah coming. You know, she might, it might have been when she had plenty. All we know is God said, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. There's a widow there. I've done talk to her. Isn't it nice when God talks to something, to some, something, to somebody? Huh? Did you know God's all the while talking to people? Did you ever notice that? Did you know we, listen to me, listen to me real good, that we could be a very vessel that God speaks to to help somebody else? Isn't it amazing? Is anybody, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many has ever had God speak to them to do something for somebody and you wondered why? Well, he's already telling you to do something for them in advance. Huh? We've been to restaurants before and, and, uh, we've been to restaurants before and, and just for not really knowing why we went there until after we got there. You've ever been to a restaurant, next thing you know, one of two things happen. You either get your meal paid for or God tells you to pay for somebody's. Anybody ever been there? Huh? Uh, somebody told me the other day, who was it? It might have been, I don't remember where it was. And they said, well, nobody ever pays for my meal. Oh, it was a farmhouse that somebody had bought, paid for our meal. And she came up, I told y'all that story. She came up to me and said, so all y'all have to do is give the tip. <laughs> I said, that cheap one didn't leave a tip. No, I didn't say that. We left her a tip. She made sure of that. But she told us, well, nobody here pays for my meal. And uh, the thing about it is I found out if you pay. Anyway, so you read. But anyway, he, God's done talked to this lady and said, I'm sending a prophet to you. You're going to take care of him. You're going to provide for him. It's a, I, I want to set this up for him when he gets here. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please, bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Just a, just a small and so she said, now listen to what her response was. She said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have. I do not have. And I'm telling you, that those words right there mess so many people up because we're always saying, I do not have. I do not have. So you know what your focus is on. Your focus is on a lack, not the abundant God. 
So she said, I do not have. Now listen, listen, listen. We're, we're, we're going to milk this story a little bit. She had already been commanded by God to feed him, right? To provide for him. And so when he gets there, times just got a little tough on her too. Listen to me. And so here she is, and she said, I only have, I do not have bread. I do not have. Listen, you cannot focus on what you do not have. You are going to have to focus on what you do have and be thankful for what you have. Can I help somebody? Listen, I've been guilty of looking at what we don't have. I've looked at what we don't have a lot of times in my life. But I found out if that's my focus, we ain't going nowhere. We ain't going to make it too far. And so here she says, I only have. Now here's again, I only have. I only have. Listen to me. That only, what she, what she only had, listen to me, what she only had was a seed. I said what she only had was a seed. That's what she had. She just didn't realize it was a seed. Did you know there's a lot of people have seed, they don't realize it's a seed. Huh? I, I had a, 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 a guy in our house painting, and, and he's been painting for us, and, and he's a minister, and, and uh, he's uh, been painting doing, because I just didn't, he does a lot better, lot better painting, and my wife wants the whole inside of the house painted. I can handle a room, but not the whole house. Plus, we need some other stuff. And I walked in there, and I'll tell you what, I have, I have in my closet, in one end, it, it, uh, compact shirts that wide, uh, dress shirts that I, I have, and they're, and they're compact in my closet. And I walked in there and I said, what size do you wear? And he says, uh, I wear large. I said, would you like some shirts? And he said, yeah, I'll take some shirts. And so I went and and just grabbed all those shirts and laid them there, and I said, take these with you and the hangers. Take them with you. You can have them. And some of them had never hardly even been wore. But I thought, I've got, I've got some seed in there that's just sitting there hanging in my closet, closet not producing me no shirts. And my wife looked at me and smiled. She was, well, she don't get in my closet anyway. But the thing about it is she smiled and I thought, I can sew something. Why? Because listen, it wasn't because I didn't have or I, because I can't look in my closet and said, I only have. I, I, here's, if you want to call a gripe, I'm not griping, but it may sound like it. I say, my closet ain't big enough. I don't have room in my closet for all these clothes. Has anybody ever had a gripe like that? Huh? And so I'm thinking, well, if I ain't got no room in my closet and I got some seed hanging in there? Huh? So I probably gave him 30 or 40 shirts that have probably hardly even been wore. And I laid them in there. Now, I don't know what's just going to come my way. God's got to build me a new closet or something. I don't know. But I'm telling you, she looked at this and she said, I only have a handful of flour. Just a hand, is anybody ever had a handful of flour? A handful of flour, about a cup, my wife says, she's a cook. He said, in a bin. And then she says this, and, 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 a, and a little oil. 
in a jar. You see how she's focused on the lack rather than the word that God gave her? How in the world are you going to provide for the man of God if you ain't got nothing? Because what she had was a seed. She has a seed. God, God, did you realize this? God knew when Elijah got there, she was only going to have a handful of flour and she's only going to have a little oil. God already knew that. I said, God knew that, but he sent Elijah. Why? Because he's her provider. He wants to provide for her and to meet not only her need, but Elijah's need. And so she said, listen to what she said. I got a lit, I just got a handful of flour and a bin and a little oil in a jar and see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Whoo, you are an excited woman. Elijah probably thought, now, I must have missed it. I thought God told me that I was supposed to go Zarephath, and there's a widow lady there that's going to provide for me, and he sends me this woman that she sat there with a handful of flour and a little bit of oil, and here we are. What do I do now, God? Listen to me. Here's what, here's what's so sharp about Elijah was. He knew he heard from God. He knew God told him to go there, and he knew that was the widow. Amen. you got to get to the place where I know I've heard from God. I know what the Word of God says. I know my God's going to supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ. I know God's going to provide for me. I know he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I know he is, and I don't have to worry about it. Listen, you got to have that kind of a tenacity about hearing from God. He, what if he had said, I got the, is there any more widows around here? Are you the only widow in town? You got another widow friend? I must have missed God on this. You know, it didn't say he pulled over to the side and got behind a tree and said, now, Lord, where did I miss it? I must be in the wrong place. This little widow lady broke. She ain't got, she ain't her and her son, they're fit to die. Should I help them light the fire? What do you want me to do? And we look at it because sometimes we think things like that. We think, well, I don't know. I must have missed God. When you know that you know that you know. I said, when you know that you know that you know that God has spoke to you and told you something, then you need to go after it with everything you've got. She said that we may eat it and die. Now listen to Elijah. Here's why Elijah said this, because he knew she's the woman that God's done talk to. And he's talked to me and he talked to her. Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Did you know fear is one element that will slide into your life to stop you from doing what God told you to do? Fear will rob you of provision. And fear will rob you of helping somebody else that he speaks to you to help. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it. Everybody say that last next word. First, because I'm telling you right now, Elijah represented God to her. But make me a cake from it first, just a bite, just a small cake. 
He said, make it for me first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. After you bring, let's just put it like this, after you give to God first, he said, then you go and you make you and your son a cake also. And listen to what he said. For thus says the Lord. For thus says the Lord. And my iPad is, there it is. Froze up, I thought. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. The bin of flour shall not be used up. Nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now, I, wanted, I want you to hear something real quick. I know I'm running out of time. But her miracle is, de- is dependent on what she's about to do or not do. Are you hearing me? He said, go do what you said. Go go make me a cake first. And he said, "For thus saith the Lord, another way I'm prophesying to you right now that you're never going to run out of flour and you're not going to run out of oil until God sends rain on the earth. So she had to make a decision. Let me tell you what she had to decide. Here's what she had to decide. Listen, she had to decide whether I'm going to listen to what God told me to do. Because he had done told her. This didn't catch her off guard. She didn't say, well, man, this caught me by surprise. No, it didn't. It didn't at all. You, you're, you're reading it with me, aren't you? He said then, he goes, and then listen to verse 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. Could we determine that that was supernatural provision? Man couldn't have done that. That had to be the hand of God. God did it. What brought it about? Well, two people listening to God. Elijah hearing God went there. She finally obeyed God and got past her fear and obeyed God herself. And they ate. We know the drought stayed for three and a half years. We don't know how long it, the, the, Elijah was there. He could have been there at least half of that time. And while he was there, they, they ate, I don't know how many meals a day they ate, but they ate several probably, at least supper and breakfast. If she's like my father-in-law, he ate breakfast, dinner, and supper. So I don't know. Did she run out? How come she didn't run out? Because the Lord told her what to do. Listen, when we listen to God and we say, you know, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. But I can't afford to do what God told me to do. So God told you to do something you can't afford to do. Did she think she could afford to do it? And she almost backed out on it. Now, I can honestly tell you, I have backed out on a few things that God's told me to do. He didn't, he didn't destroy me. 
He didn't quit talking to me. He didn't quit using me. But I'm telling you, there's no telling what I missed out on by not doing what he told me to do. So I, I try my best when he speaks to me now to do it and to, to do it quickly. Huh? To do it quickly. You know, you'll talk yourself out of something. Why? Because you'll say, I only have. I only have. Huh? I like what Jesse Duplantis said years and years ago. He said he went to a camp meeting at Kenneth Hagin's uh, camp meeting while he was sitting in the service. The Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to give $10,000 in this, in, in this camp meeting. And he told the Lord, he said, God, that's all I have. He said, God said, that's all I asked for. And he did it. And you look at him now. But here, God don't ask you. Here, let me just say this. God didn't ask her to do something she couldn't do. He asked her to do something she could do. He could make him a cake. He could make him something to eat. She had enough to do that. I mean, why would it hurt? She felt like she was gonna, they were just going to fix it and go eat and die anyway. I mean, what, are you going to die a couple of hours earlier? So just to do what God says to do. Supernatural provision comes when people heed the voice of God and do what God says to do. That's when supernatural provision comes. Amen? Y'all believe that? Now, if God did it for this lady in the Old Testament, He will do it for you in the New Testament. Amen? Praise God. So there's so many things, so many stories in, in, the, in the Old and the New Testament where God supernaturally provided and brought provision into people's lives. And I guarantee if we all sit around and, and kind of shot the bull or whatever you want to call it, we could, every one of us, talk about how God supernaturally did something for us at some point in time in our lives when it looked like it was impossible for us to, to, to do what God asked us to do, but we did it anyway, and God provided for every need. Anybody got any testimonies like that? Every single one of us. I have more than you can imagine. And uh, I said Sunday, Sunday, if we sit down sometimes and put pen to, pa- pen to paper uh, on, on our needs for a year, and the income that came in, it was impossible in the natural for us to meet those needs. But God. Anybody ever had but gods? Some but gods? Hallelujah. So don't let fear stop you from uh, doing what God told you to do. God has more than enough for you. More than enough. Didn't he say he's got a more than enough? I remember the story when uh, God took Isaac up on the mountain, or Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain. He was going to slay him because God told him to uh, do it and and uh, Isaac said, well, you know, we got the wood, we got the fire, we got everything we need, but where's the lamb? And, and, and Abraham said this to him. He said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. And that were exactly where we get, the, get the, 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 the name of God, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And it looked like it was in the last second. Craig, remember? He raised his hand to slay Isaac, and next thing you know, God said, Abraham, don't do it. Because as far as I'm concerned, you did it. And that's when God provided. I'm telling you, when you just start making steps to do what God says to do, I'm telling you, God's going to show up, He's going to show out, and He's going to bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all believe that? Well, I hope you got something out of it. I'm done tonight, praise God. I'll quit. I'm not through, but I'm going to quit right there. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you that you are truly our provider and you provide our every need. 
God, there's been many times, probably people sitting in this congregation right now that's been just like that little widow lady that it looks like she only has and she don't have or only has. God, they look at what their, their lack and what they need to, uh, uh, for the next week and, and wonder how they're going to make it. But God, you're a provider and you're their provider. I pray, Father God, for peace. I pray for comfort. I say, I bind the spirit of worry and fretting. God, that we don't have to worry. God, you're going to take care of us in grand style. You're more than enough. You're El Shaddai. And we love you and we praise you tonight. And we give you glory. Thank you for this word. God, to encourage us to hear from you and to do what you ask us to do. We love you for it and thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody shout.